Welcome everyone to the first day of the Osler program. This is a Call of Cthulhu actual play game. Prepare to enter a world of the occult where horror beyond the scope of human understanding awaits you. We are also one of the many things on the cast of many things. All right, so I will be your game master today. My name is Faye and today we have with us Patrick. Hello everybody. Who are you playing? I am playing Spencer Miller. Perfect. We also have with us Karis. Hello. And Karis, who are you playing? I'm playing Cyrilla Ba, who is a nurse. Excellent. And we also have Nathan. Hello. Nathan, who are you playing? I am playing Oscar Ambrose Martin, a former forensic investigator. Excellent. And last but not least, we have Matt. Matt, who are you playing? I am playing Charles Eugene Francis, a former mental hospital attendant. Excellent. All right, before we get started, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? Oh, any bets on who dies first? Yes! <laughs> well, hopefully nobody will die in the first session, but one of you may be very, very unlucky. It is the first day of your job at the newly constructed Johns Hopkins Hospital. There have been rumors of Dr. William Osler's work, both as a medical educator and as a physician, and you, attracted by his work and interesting new methods of teaching, have applied and gotten into this medical residency or nursing position or other position that you have come for. And of course, the medical residency, as well as this teaching hospital, is the very first of its type. For application, you will be living, breathing, and sleeping medicine. So, who is going to be the first to arrive at the hospital? Or would all four of you like to arrive at the same time? Real quick, I didn't catch, did you say what year it was? Correct. The year is 1889. Almost the end of the 19th century. So no cell phones, right? No cell phones, <laughs> no CT scans, and probably not very good medicine is being practiced right now. <laughs> Except by us few. Correct. Uh, Spencer is going to show up as early as possible, considering he works in the cafeteria and wants to make sure that even in a brand new kitchen, everything is all set for the beginning of the day. He knows doctors are going to get there really early, need to eat, and need to get themselves prepared for the day. And I just want to make sure everything is running as smooth as possible. Perfect. Okay. So <laughs> it sounds like Spencer's going to be here early. Is anybody else going to be coming in with Spencer at the crack of dawn, it sounds like? Uh, I wouldn't come in at the crack of dawn. Probably, you know, maybe 7, 7.30 a.m. Anybody else? Oscar's there very early. Grew up on Oscar. a farm or in a farm-like area. So Sounds good. Um, Cyril will be... 10 minutes fashionably late. <laughs> sounds good. So it sounds like Spencer and Oscar are the first to arrive. And how would the two of you arrive? Would you be um, people who are of wealthy backgrounds coming in on perhaps a coach? Or are you guys walking? Spencer always walks everywhere. He grew up here. Knows about all the various uh, little stops in the morning. Grabs the, the newspaper from the little kid yelling. Flips him a penny to read up on the day's news. So the two of you come to the front doors of the hospital and you see a tall hospital. It seems to be just one building 
newly built of brick with wooden doors, double doors that open inward. And above the double doors are inscribed in stone, Veritas Vos Liberabit. Do either of you speak Latin? Or would like to roll a Latin roll? I, I, no, I know I would not get it. <laughs> if, if it was German or Yiddish, maybe, but... No, I don't have any language skills. Sounds good. So both of you think that this is some great decoration by this uh, white, you know, ivory tower hospital and decide to step inside? Here we go. First day. First day. Let's uh, see what this place has in, in store for us. And um, Oscar and um, Spencer, do the two of you know each other from previous? Did you grow up in uh, Baltimore? No. Probably not then. Any introductions that you guys like to say to each other before we step into the doors? Gonna awkwardly just make my way in. Uh, well, you're, oh, well, yes, they're not as friendly here. I just gotta tend to things down in the cafeteria. Gotta get the morning coffee. As the two of you step through the doors of the hospital, you're greeted by a smiling nurse. Um, she looks to you to be about, you know, in her 40s. She's trim, she's got dark hair, her uniform is quite crisp and white, well starched, her hat is pinned directly onto her hair. Um, you notice that she is dressed very, very well. Not traditionally pretty necessarily, but definitely um, has a very well-pressed uniform and appears very, very neat. Um, you know, her, it, obvious that like not a curl of hair is out of place. And she smiles at you and says, oh, welcome, the two of you must be here for the new hospital. My name is Nurse Jane, you can call me that. I am the head nurse and I have been told uh, by Dr. Osler to come and greet the two of you to welcome you to your new positions here. What are your names? I'm Oscar. Oscar, yes, and remind me, what are you um, here to do? I'm here as a, as a medical intern, ma'am. As a medical intern, yes, I do see your name. And uh, what medical school are we coming from? I'm coming from Hopkins, but I'm, I'm not from around the area. That sounds good. Well, we always like to take our own. We are, of course, the very best all around. And um, you, sir, what's your name? Um, my name is uh, Spencer Miller. I'm actually here for the cafeteria. Cafeteria, okay, yeah. of course, yes, we do need workers in all positions. Now, the two of you, um, please follow me. I will uh, show you to your living quarters. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Oh, we're not going straight to work. Oh, no, no, jeez. Well, I assume oh, that boy. today is your first day, and as you'll be living in the hospital, you have brought your materials with you? I have. I don't really have too much. Just a little bag of some stuff. That's it. So, she turns, and, um, well, the two of you, uh, I mean, like, are, are you going to look around, or are you just going to follow her straight down? Just kind of yeah, peek around, see what else is in this uh, this main lobby. Yeah, I'll glance. Yeah. Also, what yeah. dice are we rolling? Uh, you're going to roll a d100. Oh, that's right, d100. Yep. S Basically, as she, uh, she walks across the lobby, you look around and you see that you are in what appears to be a rotunda. And so, just to kind of put this in everybody's minds, the hospital is built almost like a cylinder. And so, everything is located in kind of a big round um, and you see many many floors above you you can actually see the railings around all the rooms in a big circle and along basically one area there are stairs that kind of go all the way up and the roof of the whole hospital is basically like a round dome this rotunda 
Um, and for all you medical nerds out there, this is where the term rounding came from on your patients. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, she and does not take you upstairs. She actually takes you to the stairs and brings you down into um, a floor that is below the level of the street. Um, and she takes you down and into what appears to be a basement. And she tells you the living quarters are in our first level of the basement. Below that is the cadaver lab. Um, and as you know already, the ground floor is administration offices and the like. Your rooms are here. And as you walk down the steps, you see that there are um, what appear to be kerosene lamps kind of lighting the way down. There are rooms just like the patient rooms in a big circle. And she takes you to the first two, opens the door, and says, Welcome to your new home. Yeah, thank you. Nice uh, setup. Much better than the the room I had above the bakery. And as you walk in, each room you see is quite ascetic. There are white walls in each room. is a bed, a closet, um, and what appears to be a telegraph machine. The two of you would know this um, because, you know, it is 1889. And she tells you the telegraph is installed in every room so that you can be called if needed when you are on call or if there is urgent matter. Um, I shall give you a few minutes to get ready. Thank you, Miss Jane. That's quite something. Anything the two of you would like to do in Uh, your rooms? Just kind of poke at the telegraph to just to to try to see what kind of, don't want to use the word technology, but the type of technology that yeah, it takes to make this thing tick. Yeah, so, um, Spencer, I mean, you would recognize this because it is the 1800s and they use telegraphs, <laughs> and it very much appears like a telegraph that uh, you would see um, in a usual, like, post office. So okay. on one side is a place with a little uh, tapping button, and you basically tap that button, um, and that allows you to communicate out um, by basically tapping, and you would know Morse code, essentially. I was um, just going to ask that. Okay. Uh, most people would um, to send telegraphs, um, but also around, like, in, towards the back of the machine is a big kind of like rotary wheel, and around the rotary wheel is paper, and kind of you can see the mechanism in which if someone were to send you a telegraph, that that rotary wheel would turn, and essentially there's like an area that would kind of like print out like little dots, um, and you would hear tapping as that area kind of prints out the dots of also Morse code. Awesome. Anything else the two of you would like to do? Oscar's just unpacking his satchel and putting, taking out this a lantern and clothing, putting them in the in the dresser or whatever else. And a small taxidermy field mouse goes on the side table. Let's go back to our other two characters. So um, Matt, you are playing Charles Eugene Francis, and Karis, you are Cyril. Um, would the two of you arrive together, or would the two of you arrive separately? No, we would not. We would be separate. I would be walking. Who's uh, first. coming first? Okay, I would be walking. Okay. Uh, so, uh, not sure what type of day it was. I'm assuming at least it's not raining. No, it's a relatively um, nice fall day out. Okay, so I wouldn't have anything else on except the standard wear for the weather. Correct. And I'd be coming in, and I, I would see the uh, entrance to the building uh, about a block up, and I'd kind of not a lot of I mean, a lot of people coming coming to and from work probably at this hour, uh, even at seven thirty. But I'd kind of duck around real quick uh, along the side of a building and just kind of pull out 
a little bottle with a cork, pop it and take just a tiny little swig from it and be like, oh, okay, you can do this. Kind of put it back in my pocket of my uh, um, former, what I used to use as my jacket for uh, the mental hospital. I figured it would fit with the uh, hospital kind of dress code with kind of the white jacket type of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'd make my way the rest of the way down the block, uh, arrive to the front, and uh, walk in. All right. You too see the inscription above the door is Veritas Vos Liberabit. Do you speak Latin? I was raised Catholic, and in this day and age, I think I probably would have heard Latin in some masses. Um, so I might be able to vaguely make it out. I could roll for it, I guess. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and roll for um, lang- a language check um, with advantage. Okay. So that means rolling two, um, the, the, basically the tens portion of your, of your D100, roll two of those, take um, the lower number. 79 for the first one, 29 mm-hmm. for the other one. Oh, very nice. Yes, you do recognize this Latin. Um, you recognize that it says, the truth will set you free. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Truth will make you free. I kind of just barely misinterpret it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Here we go. I kind of stand up straight, walk in, and uh, put on my best smile. And I'm a big guy, um, and I know I tend to uh, intimidate people, so I put on. I always try to put on a nice smile. Um, and as you enter, you see... Um a nurse, uh, the same nurse actually, that had just shown Spencer and Oscar around, coming out from uh, the basement, essentially walking up. Um, she sees you, and you know you see her again. She is uh, very well dressed, um, crisp, well starched, um, pinned uh, hat to her hair, and she smiles at you and says, "Ah, yes, you must also be coming here today for the new position at the hospital. I'm Nurse Jane, and uh, what's your name?" Hello, Nurse Jane. Uh, my name is Charles Francis. I am here from, uh, formerly from Indiana, but uh, just recently moved here to, uh, where are we at, Maryland? Yes, Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Just recently moved here to Baltimore. Um, she goes, oh, yes, one moment. And she steps behind her desk, pulls out her charts, um, kind of shuffles through and says, Ah, yes, Um, I do have you down here. You're here as an orderly. It appears you do have some um, experience, correct? I do. I formerly worked for the uh, local mental hospital here in uh, Baltimore. And um, Charles, you are here as an orderly, or are you here as a a medical resident? I forget. Uh, Basically nursing because I did not actually attend medical school. I have some minor... uh, medical experience in the four years in the army excellent we have of course all of your credentials here you are quite quite impressive smiles if you are done here follow me i will take you to your living quarters as you will be living of course with us well thank you very much i i've brought all my stuff just in case i i heard that might be an option so thank you i i'll follow you and she takes you downstairs once again and you too see the rotunda the positioning of the stairs, the setup of the room, and you walk down into the basement with its kerosene lamps, and she takes you to the third room, um, to the right on the circle, and opens the door for you and says, welcome to your new home. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Nurse Jane, uh, I'm, what do you yes. prefer? Uh, Nurse Jane would be fine. Okay. It was a pleasure meeting you, ma'am. Nice to meet you, too. I hope we work together well. Me as well. And you, too, uh, enter the room and you see, again, white walls, bed, closet, um, with some materials, with actually the uniforms that you would be needing. And you also see the telegraph on the table next to the bed. And, and she says, oh, yes, um, again, a telegraph is installed so that you may be called if needed. Ah, yes, we had one of those at the uh, at the hospital as well, although they didn't, I didn't get to use it, but I, I always found it fascinating. Of course. All right, I will give you a few minutes if you would like. Sure. And the other two are in here? Uh, so you are not in the same room. Okay. You are there. You're all kind of like in a row in this big circle. And so yes, they are your neighbors, but you can close the door and you would be in your own room. Okay. Uh, would I hear anyone else around, or are they pre are you guys being pretty quiet? Uh, that's up to them. I'm laying on the bed. I've never had a bed this comfortable. Okay. I'll just set my uh, suitcase on the bed, uh, crack it open, and immediately just start to put some stuff in the drawers and just kind of nest. All right, and Cyril, you are last to arrive. Oui, I am the last, but not the least. So I come um, <laughs> in a, um, so what's the equivalent of like a taxi? Like a, a coach. So Can you I come have, in a coach? Absolutely, you have yes. hired um, a man to drive you with a coach, with a horse? Yes, with because a drive. Well, with a I, driver. I am wearing a very smart suit and high heels, um, and I do not think that I will be walking in them. Um, so my suit is like um, kind of like a, a, a work suit, like a, a, a blouse and a blazer and a skirt. Um, it looks like um, in the 1900s, it would be a relatively long skirt. Um, and they're all a pale, purple except for the blazer which is cream and i have on a smart little uh purple hat that's at an angle um and pinned curls and um i tip the the driver say merci monsieur and i i walk down and um i am not at all abashed that i am 10 minutes late and as i walk in i don't even glance at the words <laughs> i don't even look at them and also, I, I, I wouldn't read them if I could. <laughs> uh, you see the same nurse that everyone else has seen. She is uh, quietly sitting at her administrative desk. She um, looks like she's just doing some paperwork. And as she hears the click of your heels, she looks up at you and smiles and says, Hello, yes, um, I am Nurse Jane. I assume that you two are here for a position at the new hospital. And I, I say, yes, je m'appelle Mademoiselle uh, Lebas. Um, you, I'm sure that all of my paperwork is in order and um, I have arrived. Yes, let me just check in. And she again shifts through a few piles of paper, takes a look at you and says, yes, Miss Lebas, you are going to be a nurse here. And so you will be going under the name of Nurse Cyril. As you are aware, um, we are one of the best hospitals around. And so therefore we expect you to be prompt when you come in for your first day. Snap. And and I'll say, um, ah, we, these Americans, always worried about the time. 
If you will please follow me, the others are here, and we will begin our tour. Come. Wait, but but I want to say, I have one consideration that I wanted to pass on. Um, I have permission to wear this hat um, for my uniform and not as the other hats. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that everything was in order, as I was promised that I could do that. Uh, take a look at your character sheet and roll a persuade for me. <laughs> Um, and you are already late, so you're rolling with disadvantage. Oh, this is great. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. So what? where's Persuade? Is that one of my things? It may not be one of your things, but look under Investigator Skills above Weapons, and um, it should be one of the P skills. Persuade, baseline is 10%. Oh. Um, if you roll with disadvantage, if you put... Um, numbers in there and you know there would obviously be more numbers rolling with disadvantage again means you roll that tens place of your d100 twice and you take the top number okay so here number. i go so i'm gonna roll both of them and i got 73 okay and then i re-roll uh, the seven and uh -huh. i got 23 okay so it's 73 is your persuade um greater than 73 percent zutelor no it is 60 <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, she is not impressed, and she says, Madame, at our hospital, all our nurses wear the same uniforms. That allows for our patients to identify us and also shows them our station. We want to project the utmost professionalism. Um, and she will say, I have permission from the <laughs> higher-ups to wear this hat. Um, um, she stands and basically starts to like, like, usher you towards your room. And she okay. says, "Once you produce the written permission, of course we will consider it." <laughs> and I say, under my breath, um, something not very nice in French. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, she shows you down to um, your room, just as she did with the others. And again, um, she shows you now to the fourth door. Uh, to the right of this rotunda. Um, and again, you see the same aesthetic room, white walls, bed, closet, a bag with materials, a desk, and the same telegraph machine. And she tells you the same thing about the telegraph. And she says, I will give you a few minutes to get settled. And I trust once you are finished, you will be wearing the correct nursing uniform. Um, and she I'll, gi I'll give her a wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, by right. the way, I'm not going to wear that hat. I'm going to wear my hat. <laughs> Wow. She can she can write me up if she wants to. I have permission. Now that you are all settled in, everybody roll a luck roll for me. Luck. Yep. So everybody should have a luck total. And tell me if yours is above or below your luck total. Uh, below. Uh, below, okay. I am below. Below, great. 18. I'm above. Okay, above. And what was yours? I am also below. Below. All right. Great. So it seems then, like um, I believe this is Oscar, you are the only one. As you are, what would you be doing at this point? Are you just resting? Have you changed? What's happening? I've been putting away my clothes and changing into my uniform. All right. So as the door after the door is closed and you have changed into your uniform um, and you're putting away your clothes you start to hear a familiar faint whirling um, and you turn and you see that the paper in the telegraph machine has started to turn and as you Already. look you can see that the machine has started to tap as if someone is um, calling for you 
and you hear Uh, do you have any in language? Though you probably would know this just from like general um, I mean, knowledge as well. I know this as a player. Yep. Um, I think you probably would know this. Why don't you actually just, um, uh, what's your intelligence? 80. 80. You totally would know this. Um, and so as you kind of turn around, how would you respond to this? And just as you're waiting, you hear it again. Well, they, they must be calling me already. I'll tap back. As soon as you get to it, uh, the paper stops and the tapping stops. Well, that's ominous. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know very much Morse code, but I do know what that one is. And as you prepare to tap back, you hear a knock outside. That. Um, and the rest of you actually hear this knock as well. What do you do? Yes? You hear Nurse Jane on the other side, and she says, All right, that is quite enough time. I believe if you are all ready, I will be taking you on a tour. I'll open the door. Ma'am, I just received a call for help on my telegraph machine here. And she gives you a, a strange look, and she says, Oh, well, that's strange, um, Dr. Uh, Doctor Martin, because we haven't called anyone yet. It's your first day. We obviously are not expecting you to be on call. We might have someone in the control room or wherever it is those messages come from. Um, and she walks over to your room to inspect the machine to just see what the message is. And... As she walks in, she says she takes a look at the machine and says, "Nobody has turned this on." <laughs> on on how? No 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 power. Um, and you look back at it and you realize that even though previously you had seen the taps on the paper and the paper had been spinning out and spitting out that Morse code that you recognized, um, there's nothing there. It clearly looks like the paper had previously been cut sharply. There's a new roll, and there has not been anything printed. Well, I must have been mistaken. Take five off um, your sanity, please. <laughs> what? Bad way to start. Uh, well, yes, you know, coming to a new place and everything, I'm sure it, um, I'm sure you're tired. Um, all right, now is everyone ready for the tour? and she steps back out into that area of the rotunda so that she can see all the doors to all the rooms. Are the rest of you, have you opened your doors? Oh yeah, I've, I was kind of in the hallway. Um, I would peek out um, my large six foot five frame, smile to everyone. Oh, hello. Uh, yes, uh, I am ready. Perfect. Now I trust um, you have not met each other, so feel free to introduce yourselves to each other as we go back up to the administration offices. Extending hey. hand, saying welcome. Name's Spencer uh, Miller. Spencer, Magnifique. Um, moi, I am Cyril Lebas. Um, eh, enchanté. So good to meet you all. Um, this nice is my dream. 
to become a nurse um so i am just delighted to to see you all we're going to be such good friends pleasure ma'am oscar martin pleasure nice to meet you <laughs> this is interesting because i get the feeling that all all of you guys are kind of like lower class like very like working class whatever and sorel is um is like a waitress and very like you know whatever not <laughs> definitely has never um well let's see she did grow up on a vineyard but she's she's put that kind of behind her uh, you do notice, Cyril, that Nurse Jane gives you kind of an eyebrow as she sees your hat that you have not changed, but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> and 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 I just like shrug, like, oh, sorry, my fault, but not really. <laughs> um, and she turns again in that crisp uh, manner of hers, walks up the stairs back where, where you all came from, back up to the administration building or back up to the administration floor. I would shake hands with everyone. Can I link arms with somebody who looks like they would most let me do that? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the largest. I'm the largest, and I've given you a nice, friendly smile. I've got a nice, well-groomed mustache, slicked-back hair, plain-looking, but definitely very uh, intimidating. If I were to put on a mean face, <laughs> <laughs> are, is anyone going to offer me an arm? I certainly would. Uh, however, I recognize, right as I introduce myself to you, I recognize Spencer. I say to him, a pleasure to meet you. Spencer, met you at the library. How you doing, bud? Oh, look a little uh, different in the light. <laughs> Do I look thinner, hopefully? It's probably the white coat. Maybe. It looks, uh, it's kind of slimming on you. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I really need my coffee and <laughs> I really thought I was just going to start down there. I didn't know there was going to be more to this than just coming in and getting rooms. What about you? I'm ready to go. Uh, Charles Francis, by the way, uh, what's your name as I look at Oscar? Oscar Martin. Pleasure to meet ah! you, sir. Do you know each other? How how cute. Uh, mignon, I love it. Yeah. We are already already friends. Absolutely, ma'am. Absolutely. We met at the library. I, I like to read a lot, so. Um, can I can I help you up as we walk to the class? Uh, oui, merci. And and she'll take your arm, and and we can walk up the stairs together. And and as we walk, she's just gonna be like, ah, look at this, uh, c'est belle. I love it. What a beautiful, you know, just like very very excited to be here and just enjoying everything. And and she'll tell you um, if if you listen, she'll tell you like oh I used to be a waiter and I I love that and all the people and I'm gonna meet people here and uh, it's so exciting you know like that. Um, as you're kind of chattering and you f are you guys following Nurse Jane I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And kind of as you get to the administration floor, she kind of turns to look at you at the foot of the stairs before you are about to ascend to the next level, and she says to everybody, welcome to Johns Hopkins Hospital. This, as you know, is a brand new teaching hospital. It consists overall of eight floors. There are two basement floors, the cadaver lab below you, and then your living quarters, as you are aware. This is, of course, the administration offices. You may be called here for certain purposes, but trust me, you do not want to be called to Dr. Osler's office without need. 
We also have five floors of wards. Level one is our pediatrics ward. Level two is our obstetrics and gynecology wards. Level three is our general medicine wards. Level four is our surgery theater. And level five is our psychiatry ward. Our patients there require special treatment, as I'm sure you all, all know. After all, only the sickest patients come to Johns Hopkins, and we do not typically allow for new hires or new interns to interact with them. Is that understood? Yes, ma'am. Understood, oui, oui. ma'am. Yes, ma'am, but where's the cafeteria I'm supposed to be working in? The cafeteria is on the first floor in the general administration's now, Should floor. I be going there? or? That's fine. You may go off in that direction, and she kind well, of points off towards the cafeteria. Well, I mean, if there's things that we're supposed to learn... Well, I would love to show you our very first cesarean section that will be taking place this morning. Oh, uh, I haven't seen one of those. With Dr. Halstead in the surgery theater. Not That's... too sure what that is, but I mean, I'll but go But a theater! I never say no to the theater. Um, you would know, uh, you would know, Cyril, that a surgery theater is very different from a movie theater. I and know. So it's just a little <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, and so you guys would know that in like a surgery theater, what happens, especially back in the 1800s, is that the doctors would be performing the surgery kind of like in the round, almost like a, almost like you can imagine theater in the round where there is going to, they're going to be kind of performing the surgery and you guys would be seated in seats kind of like in rows all the way up, just like a theater and watching. Wait, like the Junior Mints episode of Seinfeld? Yes. Wow. But you actually aren't like over the yeah, actual just... theater. Does that make sense? It's mm -hmm. almost yep. like you're like seated in like rows up, almost like you were if you were watching someone act in front of you. But if you would like to go to the cafeteria and start your duties there, you certainly may. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's people already uh, down there. I'm just gonna come along yeah. and come on, Spence. Choose. We gotta we gotta see this scenario section. <laughs> we wouldn't want to miss it for sure. Wait, wait, Sorel will say, ah, yes, I love to learn. Knowledge is power, and I do love that. Do you all have some good medicine checks? Because you can roll a medicine check to see if you know what a cesarean section is. I <laughs> My doubt medicine I is one, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do not know anything about this yet, but I'm so excited to learn. Yep, I got a one. <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I'm, I've got a 21 in it. Okay. You got to roll under, though? Yeah, you got to roll under. No advantage here. Ooh, close. 23. Yeah. I was two away. Ooh. All right, so you've heard of a C-section. Um, you like, never seen one. You don't really know what's going on, but you kind of, like, have heard of this type of surgery before. And uh, Dr. Martin? I have a normal success. Perfect. You definitely know what a C-section is. You've probably seen one before. You've never performed one, given that you are a medical intern. Um, but you definitely know what a C-section is and why it's, it's performed. Um, and so, oh, um, and Patrick, to answer your question, a normal success. So if you roll under your um, number that you have in a certain category, that's a normal success. Oh. A hard success is if you are less than half. And then a critical success, um, I believe, is if you're less than, or no, I'm sorry, it's a extreme success and then a critical success. An extreme success is if you are less than one fifth. So you'll notice like if you have values in each of the things, you'll have three mm -hmm. numbers. And then a critical success is if you roll a one. Okay, so the lower you roll, the better. The lower you roll, the better. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> That's why disadvantage, you take the higher number, advantage, you take the lower number. 
All right. know. That's why Carry I was on. surprised. I mean, persuade is like my highest skill. So I was very upset that I did that. <laughs> well, that you were late. So that's why I gave you disadvantage. Uh, yeah. It's so hard. The Americans and the, the tyranny <laughs> of time. Um, and so Nurse Jane begins to walk up. You hear the soft click of her heels as she goes up the stairs. Um, and she kind of points out to you the general wards and the pediatric wards and the OBGYN wards kind of as you go by each floor. Um, Fantastique! Ah, j'adore! I love all of them! <laughs> um, until you get up to the fourth floor, which is the surgery theater. And you notice here that um, the doors are kind of further apart, kind of suggesting like larger rooms, for example. So you kind of see before like all the doors are like very much like very close to each other for the individual wards. Um, but here you can see that like there are only maybe like four or five doors around that whole rotunda. And she takes you to the second door on the left and opens it up. And you notice that you are in a large surgery theater. And so before you, it's almost as if you are walking down rows and rows of seats. There's about four rows of seats at each level. Um, and before you is uh, Dr. Halstead. He is standing to the right of what appears to be a quite pregnant woman. Um, he has several assistants next to him. One of them is holding um, what appears to be some form of mask to the woman's face. Um, and another one is actually standing by next to um, a machine. And uh, Dr. Halstead has, uh, is holding a scalpel as if he is about to begin the surgery. Oh, la la! I want to turn to Charles and kind of like, like, like grip his arm and say, do you think there will be blood? I don't know if I can, <laughs> I may faint. This is one of my first times in the hospital. <laughs> I would imagine there will be. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to overcome my, my fear of blood. I would imagine there'll be some blood, but uh, I'm sure it's not going to be anything close to gruesome. I, I, I. It looks like they're using fine instruments, so I think we should probably be quiet and let them concentrate, though. No offense, oh, Maggie. I say no, no offense taken. I just don't want to prepare myself. I, I need to get better at this. Um, and Nurse uh, Jane is going to lead you guys down to the front row where you will have a very good view of exactly what's going on. Thank you, Nurse. And she'll let you take a seat. Um, and Dr. Halstead is very engrossed in surgery. You can see that he has already started the surgery. He looks up, barely glances at you. He appears to be an older gentleman. He's probably, you know, has a little bit of gray hair, might be in his like 50s or so, is performing the surgery, glances up and says, Ooh. are these the new... Is he, is he very handsome? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, in like a, kind of like a silver fox kind of way. Yeah. I suppose. And um, he glances up to Nurse Jane and says, are these new residents? Um, very, uh, you know, gr uh, curt surgical way about him. And Nurse Jane kind of nods. All of you roll a d10 for me and tell me your numbers. D10. Just one d10. Yeah, just roll a d10. Just tell me your numbers. Three. Uh-huh. Four. Nine. Uh-huh. Zero. Or a ten, <laughs> basically. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Martin. <laughs> he looks oh, no. at Bad you. <laughs> he looks at you, um, Oscar, and he says... You a new resident? Yes, sir. Tell me exactly, what is the first incision that I'm going to be making on the skin called? Can I make a medicine roll? Make a medicine <laughs> roll. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't think Nathan is going to know this. That's a hard success. Nice. nice. All right. So you tell him, 
traditionally, uh, so you basically tell him traditionally that they would have made a vertical midline incision, but with the new development in technology and surgical advances that he will be making a fan and steel incision. And he is very, very impressed by you. The next time that you have an interaction with him where you need to persuade him for something, you get advantage. Wow, I think we're all impressed too. I, I wait. I want to say. I want to whisper to um, to wait, Matt. Hang Charles. on. What's your name? Charles. Charles. Oh, all the other residents are so smart. <laughs> I'm a little intimidated. Did you know that? I leaned back. Don't worry about it. I'm I'm not here to be a doctor either. Just nursing slash orderly is going to be about the highest I rise. Oh, I did hear them talking about this, and I was like, I'm just supposed to be serving people coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That, um, is... that you're not even supposed to be on this tour. I'm just here to <laughs> make people healthy by giving them the right kind of foods. <laughs> oh. Just... oh man, this is gonna. Um, he was not. Oh. He was not expecting this today. <laughs> Doctor Halstead kind of takes a look at you, um, Doctor Martin, and says, "What's your name, son?" Oscar Martin. Oscar Martin, and you are here as a medical resident. What medical school did you go to? Hopkins, sir. Of course, the very best. I would expect nothing less from a Hopkins graduate. Excellent. And he goes back to his surgery. The rest of you who are not being praised, uh, glowing praise by Dr. Halstead, <laughs> go ahead and roll me a listen check. Oh, yeah, I'm way under. I'm like, uh, no, I'm 42, so it's a normal success. All right, okay. so just so I understand this, and also, so our listeners can understand this as we're rolling a listen check. Um, big number is 40, next number is a 20, and I have an 8, and I rolled a 19. Excellent. So is All that right. a hard That's success? That's a hard success, okay. correct. You, you succeeded, like, better, in a sense. Um, so great. I have a 20, and I rolled a 20. Oh, wait, no, I have a 60, and I rolled mm -hmm. a 20. Perfect. So you also have a hard success. Um, all right, so uh, the surgery continues, um, and as you watch, you know, there's um, one person you realize is probably the person doing anesthesia. That's the mask to the woman's face. You see Dr. Halstead cutting. There are several assistants waiting by for the baby. He is able to take the baby out. There's, the, uh, there's another person on the side kind of just like working a machine, and you realize it's suction, and he's like suctioning the blood, the fluid that is supposed to be coming out. Um, oh, good, so we, we don't see it. You do see it, um, but it, this is so that it doesn't like completely get into the surgical field. But it's very much, it's it's a C-section. This lady is losing like a liter of blood. Oh, um, oh, oh so oh. you're seeing the blood. Uh, well, um, I might be averting my eyes. <laughs> and this is probably why you, um, you, all three of you, uh, at the end, kind of as he's kind of sewing everything up. This is taking a little while. The three of you here, above you, in that floor above. And Dr. Martin, you don't hear this because you are very engrossed in the surgery. You hear a faint scream that comes from above you. Lean over to Sorrel. Did you hear that? I did. What was that? Sound of bed was something sound like a coffee. Did, could we tell what gender, like male, female scream or baby or? Uh, it sounded high pitched. But um, it could have been, for example, a very high-pitched male scream. It could have certainly be female. Um, more likely adult teenager, less likely child with, your, um, with those who had a hard success. I mean, I said, I'm oh! used to that. 
just uh, as a working in a mental hospital, just used to screams and cries and laughter. And so it doesn't like disturb me, but in this quiet atmosphere, it definitely piqued my attention. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Halstead does not look up. He continues with the surgery. He's, you know, sewing back up the uterus, replacing it into the abdomen. It, this is a successful C-section that he is doing which is very rare, by the way, back in the day. Um, so <laughs> he, he rolled high on his check. <laughs> he did. He rolled high on his check. So, um, I mean, you know, like no one's paying attention to, the, to you guys, by the way. Like they're performing their surgery as if you are not there. Do you do anything? Is Nurse Jane nearby? Nurse Jane has left. No, okay. She's kind of left you with uh, Dr. Halstead. And no other people in the viewing area? No other people in the viewing area. The only other people in the room are performing the surgery or okay. assisting with the surgery. Um, just on uh, a quick rewind, I did mean to ask is, did we see anyone else in the hallways on the way here? You did, yes. Um, so there, you saw, you know, the general people that you would see in a hospital. There were nurses walking around. There were, okay. are people dressed um, as orderlies walking around, what appeared to be other doctors. Um, it is a busy hospital. It's okay. not empty. Um, but certainly this is kind of the, this is like the C-section. In the C-section room, it is only you guys. I'll say, oh, c'est terrible, but I, I suppose this is pretty normal for a, a hospital, a, a, a hospital, oui? Yeah, I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. That probably just someone in some pain, um, probably needs some pain meds. Uh, I've been around quite a bit of that. It's nothing to worry about, dear. I say, oh, mon coeur, I'm so glad we are here to help them. Um, these people suffering from so much pain, I hope we can help to, to, to help them. And as you speak, um, you realize that Dr. Halstead is finishing the surgery. He's putting the last stitches into the skin. The anesthesiologist has stopped pumping the uh, airbag uh, with the ether um, onto the patient. Um, the scene before you is quite bloody, uh, but the woman does appear to be alive, and as was the screaming baby that came out of her. Um, and he looks up um, and he says, and that concludes the first successful surgery at John Hopkins. Um, can we applaud? You can applaud, yes. <laughs> he did a great job. I mean, not that I know, but everybody seems fine. It seems like he did a great job. <laughs> um, and he turns to the four of you and says, this is your first day, and so there will be no hospital duties for you, but... Um, for those of you that are nursing, you should report to the nurse's station. For those of you that are residents or interns here, um, you will report down to the administrative building. Um, and for those of you, others of you, will report to where you are supposed to work. And she kind of turns around and leaves. Uh, Very surgical. Great, so I can finally get a cup of coffee. <laughs> I can go for one myself. It's been a long morning. <laughs> I can't say I've ever seen that. The last time I saw something... Like that, come out of something. It was like a hard-boiled egg out of some bread. That was <laughs> weird. That was really something. I hope to be part of that one day. Those who had a hard success, I believe it's Cyril as well as Spencer, you hear that scream again. All right, what the hell is this? Uh, it's high-pitched. Uh, just getting... curdling it stops as soon as you say something. All right, where did that come from? Where... I say, do, do not worry, Charles. He assures me this is a very normal thing, and we should not worry. And, so, and I look at Charles. Right, Charles? He no says, one else heard that scream. Do not worry. Yeah, I mean, no, it's no. from where? It's fine. We just heard the one scream. I mean, if... Uh, 
what are the walls made out of here? Are they concrete? Are they wood with like plaster and lath? Like, should I be able to hear screams coming from somewhere else? Uh, would you know this? Are are you? Um, why don't you roll? Do you have anything in mechanical repair or anything like that? No, I got ten. <laughs> okay, so so you don't know. I mean, you don't know. Okay. I, I want to say, Oscar, you you are so impressive, uh, um, trained, intelligent. We were so impressed that you answered that question. Thank you, ma'am. I do my best. Cette question, c'est très difficile, but you you answered it so well. Were y'all talking about hearing something? There was a scream that came. Uh, whereabouts did it come from? Uh, you would know this from your uh, hard success. It came from above you. So, like, I, I heard a scream came from just, like, up in the ceiling somewhere, but... That must be the fifth floor, Nurse Jane said, was the psychology ward, yeah? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Psych is up there. Well, per per <sighs> perhaps, perhaps they are doing some kind of very necessary treatment. It's perfectly normal. I'm... I worked in a mental hospital. Some of the worst cases got sent from the hospitals to, to where I worked. So I've seen a lot worse and heard a lot worse. So I, I think you're safe. It It's perfectly normal as I'm trying to calm everyone down. <laughs> but What's I hold the, my arm uh, back out to Cyril. I uh, Cyril think, takes it. Oh, merci. I think we, the two of us, are off to the nursing station. I say, ah, gentil. Uh, all of you is uh, just so great to meet you, and I hope we see each other soon. Well, I'm sure we're gonna see each other uh, sometime soon. I'm, I need some coffee. This is that that screaming sounds creeping me out. Gonna make my way to the cafeteria. Uh, and, and I'll say, oh, I would kill for some cafe. Maybe we will come to visit you. Sounds good. I gotta go learn the place first, but I'll let you know what happens. Wonder what I say lunch. always good. Always good to to be tight friends with the chef. I'm not the chef. Uh, she'll just wave her hand at you. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, we'll catch right. up with you later. So, uh, where are you all going? Uh, I think we're going to go to the where the nursing station was per um, the doctor's recommendation. And um, Oscar and Spencer? I'm going to make my way down to the cafeteria, which you said was on the first floor, pediatrics on the, area? Uh, no, in the, on, the, on the ground floor, so the ground floor, where so the administrative the offices are. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to make my way down the stairs and go back over there. Spencer, I'll, I'll join you in a moment. I could use a coffee as well, but I, I'm going to check on something first. Sounds good. Let's, we'll come back to you, um, Oscar, you um, medical genius, you. <laughs> and um, we will first go with our nurses um, who are going to the nursing station. So I have to say, that is a fantastic hat you are wearing. Oh, merci. This is my most treasured possession. Um, this is from Paris, um, which, you know, is uh, the capital of France, where I'm from. Um, I've, I've heard that. <laughs> I say, good. Sometimes the Americans, they do not know. <laughs> so I just want you to be sure. And I said, um, I, moi, I grew up in Bordeaux. Um, and and um, I know all about wine. So I hope when we get a chance to relax, we can, um, we can 
enjoy a nice glass of wine with our dinner. After hours, so, of course, And then I'm going right? to say, though, the, the, the food here is subpar. <laughs> Hopefully, the, our, our, our new friend, the chef, he will make something, something we can try to eat. Well, I'm sure he can come up with something, but... All right, and so the two of you make your way to the nursing station, which is located also on the ground floor in the administrative offices. Um, and there you walk down the stairs, you come to the desk where Nurse Jane previously was sitting, and actually there's nobody there. Um, it is a busy day in the hospital after all, it's during the day. And so, you know, nurses, doctors, they're probably all in the patient wards. And so there's really no one around in the administrative offices. Mm. Hmm. Well, oh... Uh... Should we look for someone? I'm not sure quite what they'll want us to do. I'd hate to mess around with any of this paperwork. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little call and I'll say, hello, is anyone here? Um, go ahead, both of you, roll a spot hidden check for me. Oh, I failed. <laughs> oh, nice. zoot. I did not see anything. Um... I've got a like a super success where it's like under a fifth. Oh, wow. very, very nice. All right. So you see on um, the desk of Nurse Jane, you see a large file and kind of written on the side of the of like the file, patient thirty nine. It stands out. And it stands out to you. Hmm. Because there's no, it's there's really no other like patient charts that are on anybody's desk. They're like all filed away, and this is the one that is there. Um, and I will say that there's probably a few leaves that have been pulled out as well, as if someone's been studying it. I'll kind of mosey over to it and uh, just kind of look down. Mm-hmm. And I just okay, finger. Okay, so you're, you're going to read it. Yeah. I'll, is it? I mean, is it once something I have to open, or it's uh, it's visible as sitting? Uh, no, so the, the file is like closed, mm -hmm. and so there are pages that are pulled out okay. of the file that you could read. But if you wanted to read the full chart, you would have to open the file. Okay, yeah, I was just gonna kind of not pick it up, just kind of keep it down to us, kind of flip open the. Open. He can do that without me noticing because if there's a mirror, I want to check it. <laughs> so that's totally fine. <laughs> sure, yeah. there's probably a mirror. I, I yes. feel like I, I really failed, so I'm, I'm not even paying attention. Right. I'm careful um, not to disturb the order of the papers. Yeah. Let's see. Um, you rolled so well that I think that from your, sh your basically just shuffling and taking a look, you actually see the very first and the very last page of patient 39's file. And on the very top, you can make out, um, because again, doctor's handwriting is not great, but you can make it out. <laughs> um, and it says patient name. William Halstead. Date of birth, September 27th, 1857. Diagnosis, circular insanity. Would I recognize that term being as I worked in a mental hospital? Absolutely. Yeah, roll a medicine check with advantage. Rolled really damn good again. Um, <laughs> that's uh, under a half. So you would know that this is a diagnosis that kind of nowadays would probably mean like bipolar disorder. So someone oh, who okay. has like depressive disorder and then like manic disorder and then like depression again. Interesting. Hey, Sorrel. We. Oui. Did you catch? Yes, my friend. Did you catch Doctor Halstead's first name by chance? 
Oh, Dr. Halstead. I don't know. Did I catch his first name? No, he, he, uh, nobody introduced his first, their first name. He just said Dr. Halstead. I said, no. And that is too bad because he was so handsome. Would love to know his first name. How old would you say he was? Oh, I would say 50s. Just the, the prime age. Perfect. Yeah, he looks like 40s to 50s or so. You know, perfection. Like Embodied in a man. <laughs> she uh, really liked him. I don't see any type of like uh, photo or anything like that. There's no photo because it oh. wouldn't be like a a, a, a thing. Yeah. But um, did you want to keep reading his file? You d- you haven't looked at the last page yet. Yeah, which definitely. Is also available piqued to my you. interest. Great. You're gonna keep reading. Mm-hmm. All right. So you actually see on each page the date um, that uh, that like the note was written from and so from the very first page you see um april 1st 1889 um which you know is uh is this year earlier in the year and you kind of see the last page um it's probably about a month before now and it says because um, now it would be about september and so it says august 25th on the, both pages, you can see kind of handwriting, again, messy, kind of cursive handwriting, but they're detailing lists of treatments that they have tried. And so, you know, things uh, like medications, um, behavioral therapy, talk therapy, they've tried a lot of things, including, um, you know, shutting uh, this patient in a room. And then on the very last page, you notice the very last two lines, um, and they say, all above treatments ineffective. The final treatment is the only solution. And uh, doesn't say what the f- that would be. <laughs> That's it. That's the last line. And while you're thinking about that, let's cut over to our friend Spencer in the cafeteria. Ah, making the wonderful food. <laughs> I, I hear this sound of her voice in the back of my head. I just can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, make my way down to the cafeteria and yeah. So you get to the cafeteria. It um, you know, it doesn't look like a hospital cafeteria would nowadays because it's like the 1880s, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's very much uh, just like a small kitchen, um, bigger than you would have in your home, and certainly enough to be making food. Um, but you see, you know, basically like there's there's a stove. Um, there is a vi- like basically a very large bowls all around. The place isn't dirty, but it certainly is well used. And since right now is not meal time, um, there's nothing actively that's being cooked, but it does look like there are things like bread that's being baked. There, you know, is usually always like water being boiled. Um, probably people are like preparing for the next meal, but nothing active is being cooked. Yeah, about how many people? And you see. Oh, oh yep. Um, I was going to say, and you see probably like a good amount of people in here. There's probably at least five people who are um, either chopping, who are preparing, who are washing dishes. One of them um, is, you know, and, and you basically see that most of them are actually uh, are women. Um, and they and they are, you know, kind of like working, wearing their hospital uniforms in all white. Um, and they don't really look up at you. They're very engrossed in their work. I just walk in and say, morning, um... My first day, just uh, really need a cup of coffee. And uh, man, after what I saw back there, that was uh, that stuck in my head. 
you see one of the women who is kneading um, a ball of dough, uh, which presumably to you in your eyes looks like it might be baked into bread. She looks up at you. She looks like she's, you know, probably in her um, mid-40s. Um, she uh, is kind of looks like she works in a kitchen, essentially. She has an apron on, it's covered in, in flour, and she looks up at you and she says, oh, hello, yes, um, my name is Anne. Uh, I am actually the head of this kitchen here. What's your name? Name's Spencer. Spencer, it's lovely to meet you. Are you here to help us in this cafeteria? Because otherwise it's not meal time. No, I'm definitely here to work. It's my first day. Just uh, All right. coming in, well, here to get my hands dirty and help some people out get some grub in their bellies. Perfect. You can help Ruth over there first with the dishes. We gotta get all the breakfast materials ready. Um, there's of course tea and coffee that's always available in that corner there. And go ahead and get set up. That's excellent. <laughs> I needed this. You know they made me go watch it. See, sis, what's it called? Uh, with when the woman's got a baby in her belly and they cut it open. They oh, made you me go watch that. Yeah, it's a little oh, weird. Wow. Well, I, told, I told them I'm here for the cafeteria, but they insisted on me going to watch and who that. And was, who was performing the surgery? Oh, man, what's his name? Um, Mr. Hopkins? Uh, Halstead. I, I still say Mr. Hopkins. Mr. Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Dr. Halstead. Yes, he's wonderful. One of the best surgeons around. I'm sure he did a wonderful job, whatever it was that he was doing. Yeah, well, that's it. Hal Halstead. I really need some coffee. Excuse me for a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on those dishes right after I get myself a cup. And I go grab myself a cup of coffee and then just make my way to the dishes just to be part of the crew. Why don't you um, roll a listen check for me? Not again, no. As as the sound effects you got going here are <laughs> creeping me out here. Oh, that's a 32 in for my listen. Uh, that is a success. A success. Okay. So you overhear two of the women who are currently chopping vegetables kind of speaking to each other in low voices. You don't catch their names because they're not really saying their names, but you hear them say, whose turn is it to bring it up? And the other one says, it's yours. I did it yesterday. Um, and the other one says, no, no, I, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. I'm, I'm not going to bring it up there. And the two go back or quiet um, and go back to what they're doing. Before I even go inquire as to what they were talking about i may i give it the awkward long probably a 10 minute pause to make sure a good chunk of dishes and everything else is done by mm -hmm. hand excuse me ma'am mrs um new here spencer just extend my wet soapy hand they don't shake it yeah. they look at you and and you can see in their eyes that they're a little fearful um they don't look like they're you know afraid but they're wary i guess is a better term um, hello, I, uh, nice to meet you. What's your name, uh, ma'am? I'm Mary. Nice to meet you, Mary. Spencer. Uh, I overheard you saying something about it's your turn to bring something somewhere. Uh, I heard it in well, your voice. You don't want to. Something going on here? She looks at her friend, um, and the two of them kind of, you can see, like, they exchange a glance that kind of is meaningful to them, but you don't really hear it. And they're like, and so, you work here now. Yes, ma'am. We have to bring the foods, the, the lunches up for uh, the patients on the fifth floor. Um, it's sometimes difficult. Would you like to do it today? Hey, um, on the fifth floor, that's, uh, I was just on the fourth, that was our surgery. So what's on the fifth floor again? Psychiatry. 
Say kind of trio. Yeah. Uh, if hey, I'm here, I'm here to work. I'm, I'm that working body. Got to get my hands dirty. Got to do some things. So if you don't right. want to do it, I'll take care of it. Not a problem. Well, we'll get you the trays to bring upstairs. Here, take this key. They hand you a key. All um, right. said, you are not to open the doors. So what am I supposed to do with the food? Just leave it on the floor? On every door, there is a smaller door that you can unlock with this key. You slide the food in. You take the dirty dishes from the meal before, and you leave. You don't talk to the patients. You don't open the doors. You don't interact them with any other way. Is that understood? Strictly forbidden. You will lose your job. Yes, ma'am. Now, I did hear some screaming from uh, while we were down in the surgery floor. Is that coming from up there? Uh, as it looks like one of them is about to respond, and as she's about to, Anne suddenly kind of jumps in and says, what are we doing here? Are we being idle? Let's go ahead and start making the lunches for the day. The patients are going to be hungry and our doctors are going to be hungry. Hmm? Never and idle, ma'am. Gotta make sure we get everybody fed here. As she Top says priority. that, the two, the two women kind of disperse and like go right back to what they're doing. All right. So with that task, Spencer, let's go back to Oscar. Oscar, what are you doing? Oscar, after leaving off with Spencer, is going up to the fifth floor. All right, Oscar, you are going up to the fifth floor. Okay, um, why don't you, um, let's see. I want to see if we should get you to roll a stealth check here. Yeah, why don't you roll a stealth check with advantage because there's actually nobody now in the room with you. They've all left after the surgery. Okay, okay, that is a normal success. Perfect. All right, so you are able to get up to the fifth floor. You sneak up the stairs. You kind of look around, but there's actually... Surprisingly, for a hospital that is this busy, there is nobody on the fifth floor. Like, there's no nurses, there's no orderlies up there. It's just, as soon as you leave that surgery unit, it's quite quiet. And so you go up the stairs. Again, you're in that same kind of rotunda that you are for every other floor. The rooms are numbered in the same way that they were um, from floors one through three. The rooms are, you know, in the same locations. The doors are marked. Um, they're marked with the numbers one through 26, uh, with one door that's kind of right in the middle across from you that is unmarked. And so you're on the fifth floor. Uh, roll a spot hidden check for me. Nobody here. And actually, roll a spot hidden check with um, advantage because of what you heard downstairs on the telegraph. Critical success. Oh my goodness. Okay. You see bloodstains on the doors of 15 and 19. Oh well, that's interesting. And they're right around kind of the area of like where the doorknob would be of the doors. You see that each door looks very much the same, white, sterile, like a hospital door. Um, the doors, unlike all the other doors, do not have windows so that like you can't really look in to see the patient. There's a doorknob underneath the doors. Each each one has kind of what looks like a smaller, small rectangular door, enough where you could probably like stick your hand in if you could open that door. Um, but those also appear locked. And so 15 and 19 kind of around the area of the door handle are small areas of blood. I want to take a look at the blood stains. Okay. Uh, which one would you like to look at, 15 or 19? Uh, let's go with 15. 15, okay. So you look at 15, um, and you can see that the door looks just like any of the other doors. It's brand spanking new hospital, no signs of a struggle. However, flecked around the doorknob is a blood stain, and you can make out that it looks like it's been made by several fingers. 
So not the palm, but several fingers. Hmm. Can I see if the doorknob is loose, or is it obviously locked? Sure, yeah, you can try the doorknob. Okay. I do that. The door opens. Ah, well. I open it very slightly and look inside. And so um, you are inside, you look through this room, and you realize that this room, again, unlike the other rooms in this hospital, do not have windows. It's empty, it's dark, the kerosene lamps are not lit, um, no light, no windows. Oscar, as your eyes adjust to the dark, you see a solitary figure standing in the very corner of the room facing the wall. Nope. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Um, as you say that, the figure slowly starts to turn towards you. And again, your eyes have adjusted to the dark, and you can see that this figure is stooped. It's thin. It's, it's wearing what appears to be a white hospital gown. Um, and as soon as that, they see that light coming from the hallway, they kind of turn away as if that light is too much for them. Um, and you can't really make out their face. You see kind of lank, dark hair that's not long, but enough to cover the face so that you can't really see it. Um, and that figure kind of brings their hand up as if to block that light. Um, and you hear them say, you should leave. You shouldn't be here. Everything okay in here? There's you should some... leave. Did someone get hurt? You shouldn't be here. Very well. Um, and as you go to close the door, you feel someone's hand grab your shoulder. From behind me? From behind you. Ah! Uh, and you turn, and there's Nurse Jane with her crisp hat, her smile, her lipstick completely in place, and she says, what are you doing here? Ma'am, as you can see on the on the doorknob here, there's there's been some... I thought I told you that new interns are not allowed on the fifth floor. How were you able to open that door? I think there's been some problem here. The door was not locked. She takes out a set of keys, and you see her very quickly close that door behind you and lock the door. And she says, that must have been a mistake. I will uh, get you right back downstairs to your administrative offices. You um, will be meeting, of course, with Dr. Halstead. He was very impressed by you this morning. He would like to take you on to um, round with him tomorrow, if that's okay with you. Well, I'd be happy to. I'd also be happy to help uh, look into whatever this was. I have some past experience as a forensic. Uh... No, no, that's totally fine. We, of course, um, our head of psychiatry has everything in hand. Yes, come with me. And she kind of almost like push drags you as if she's really wanting you to leave this fifth floor. All right, all right. If he's got everything under control. Um, all right. And so she kind of gets you downstairs down towards the administrative offices. Um, and as we do that, let's go ahead and cut back now to um, to our nurses. The best the best part of this. <laughs> what? The nurses are having a lot of fun. I, I just like to say you guys are um, getting into dark patient rooms and, you know, blood and locked doors. And, and we're we're in the, the vestibule fixing our hair and looking at documents. So. Um, so what are you guys doing? I mean, um, so I know that Charles, you just read this patient William Halstad's uh, chart? Uh, I would close it, put it back the way it was as much as possible. 
and uh, glance around again uh, just to see if there's anything else that sticks out one last time before I uh, look back up at Cyril. Uh, and I'll say, it's been a long time. I thought these Americans were all about being punctual. Punctual. Um, and as you say that, you actually see Nurse Jane walking downstairs, holding um, Dr. Martin kind of by the elbow in this almost like <laughs> death grip um, coming down. And she says, ah, yes, the two of you are also here. Yes, we should be doing some orientation. Yep, and we've... she smiles. She realizes that there is that file on the desk. And she lets go of you, um, Oscar. And she kind of runs around, almost like doesn't run, but very quickly walks around to the desk, picks up the file that you were just looking at, um, Charles, and kind of looks at the three of you a little bit suspiciously before slipping it into her desk. I quickly now. change the subject. Oh, hello. Hello, Dr. Martin. So good to see you. Uh, yes, hello. Oscar, how you doing? You look a little, uh, look a little peaked. Were you not, uh, into the surgery? I think I, I may need some coffee as well. Coffee uh, sounds yes. great. The cafe. Let's go. All right. Well, it seems like the, um, that we will all need to make a break to the cafeteria. So let's do that. Get our coffee. And then I will be showing you to your assignment. So let's leave it there for today. Yay! So good! <laughs> and we will come back for our orientation and day two at the Osler program. Ooh, that was awesome. awesome. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Osler program, which is our Call of Cthulhu game on the cast of many things. Um, I'm your game master, Faye, and you can find me on my Twitter at Captain Fake Guy and my Instagram under the same handle. Where can they find you, Pat? Well, I'm sure everybody already knows that of the DM for the Misfit Guide to Adventuring. Uh, you can find me at, or you can find me on the Twitters at Professor PFM, and I think Instagram is the same. What about you, Nathan? You can find me in the dark room uh, by myself or online <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter at Nate Scott Jones. And what about you, Kara? Hello, hi, I'm Karis. You can find me online on Twitter at Karis underscore M underscore Jones. And I think my Instagram is the same. Sounds good. And last but not least, Matt, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter also at Longfellow underscore Matt. All right. So hopefully next week, you guys will be rejoining us back at the Osler program, our medical horror show and Call of Cthulhu for more occult and horror.